Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. Boy, no complaints about the weather forecast we've got coming up on this first day of September. Welcome in, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Sunshine on the way for this Thursday, 86. The expected high, so a little above average as far as temperature is concerned. Tomorrow, sunny skies, 84. As we head into the Labor Day weekend, Saturday will cool down. Sunny skies and 79. Sunday, sunny skies and 76. Labor Day Monday, sunny skies and 78 degrees. So it looks like it's going to stay dry. Talking more about that forecast with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, in about 15 minutes. And don't forget, Matt Trannell from the Everag Group in Flatville joining us live this morning. Boy, it's been a tough past couple of days for not only Wall Street, but also our agriculture commodities. Matt's going to give us an update on when things might turn around. It is time for Oktoberfest. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew at Bavaria's Sausage Kitchen, and they are ready to celebrate. Did you know that Oktoberfest actually stretches back to 1810 as far as its origins? But the focal point is about getting together and enjoying great food. And Judy and the crew at Bavaria's Sausage Kitchen have you all set. Remember their retail location, corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, or open 20 24 hours a day, seven days a week at BavariaSausage.com or Bavaria Sausage on Facebook. And they are definitely ready to celebrate. They've got their Oktoberfest Bratwurst Sampler available now. That's a pound of Knockwurst, a pound of their Red Lager Beer Brat, and a pound of Nuremberger Bratwurst. What a great way to literally celebrate all the flavors of Oktoberfest. Remember, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen, it's all about the meat, it's all about the spices and the tradition. BavariaSausage.com. One of the crops that grows in Wisconsin, a lot of people aren't aware of, is the potato crop, which makes Wisconsin one of the leaders in fall potato production. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And from the early crop report, Stephanie, it looks like uh, this year's crop is a pretty good one, and I think we're going to need it. That's right, Bob. It's a pretty good crop, and it's also pretty pricey. As we know, inflation and supply chain is making prices up for everything. Even some of the most affordable foods, like potatoes, are seeing those price hikes. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. The executive director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers Association, Tamis Houlihan, tells me that potato prices are pushing upward due to a national potato shortage. This is a weather-related issue for some of the top growers out west, but Wisconsin growers are stepping up to the plate to make sure that demand is met. Tamas and I talk about that in just a moment. First, he does give us an update on the harvest and the growing season. Well, the Wisconsin potato crop got off to a late start in 2022. We had cold and wet weather conditions lasting throughout April and well into May. And so most growers in the state reported planting about two weeks behind schedule. Um, some central Wisconsin growers were able to start planting in you know, early April by about April 10th, uh, quite a few more by April 20th, but it was an unusual spring 
Uh, temperatures hit 75 degrees in mid-April, and then they drop back down into the 40s the last week of April with lows in the 20s. And that's a problem for potatoes. You don't want it to be, you know, the threat of frost. And so, you know, it warmed up in May, and the heat units finally arrived in early June to get the crop uh, starting to catch up. And that's one good thing about potatoes is they're a resilient crop, and they do catch up very well uh, once the heat units come. And we did have a lot of dry conditions throughout June and July, but our growers can irrigate. And so thanks to irrigation, we're, we're catching up. Now, we still are probably, I would say, 10 days behind schedule on average. But it's not going to be a problem. The crop is looking pretty good overall. Potato condition has been in the 90 percentile statewide for a while. That's a favorable number. It is. It is. And our growers really like it, you know, when it's not overly wet. That's the one thing they can't control. Um, If it's too dry, they can always add moisture with irrigation. But when we get really, really uh, wet weather, that's when the growers run into problems. And it's similar with temperature. If it gets really hot, uh, it's not good for potatoes to be harvested under those conditions. The potatoes, if they're dug too warm, will break down in storage. And so we're really looking for good 50 to 60 degree temperatures. And uh, I think we've had plenty of that lately. As you mentioned, potatoes don't like it when it's very, very hot. So that raises a question, well, then why are we harvesting already in late July, early August? Can you give us a timeline for these different varieties? Sure. And in some cases, it's driven by the market. And this year, uh, as some people have heard, there was a potato shortage. Um, The crop was smaller in 2021 than usual. And so a lot of folks ran out of potatoes, including the western states, Idaho and Washington, which are really big producers. And so once we get into June and July, we're still um, selling storage potatoes from last fall. And we really ran out um, earlier than usual, about a month earlier than usual. And so as the market got stronger, there was strong demand and very few potatoes. Some of the growers in Wisconsin decided to dig a little bit earlier, and they sacrifice a little bit on their yields and the size of the potatoes, but there was such a, a market increase in price that they were willing to take that. So we had potatoes being dug in late July, early August. And you're right about the temperatures. You don't want to be digging them when it's 80 degrees out. But we have farms now that can dig 24-7. I mean, when they're, you know, 50-degree nights, that's ideal for potatoes, and it's a good time to harvest them. And so a lot of the canning potatoes as well were dug in late July, early August. And it's surprising how many um, potatoes do end up going into like soup can size. Um, Little small round white potatoes were being dug late July, early August. And then as well as some of the chipping varieties, round, rounder white, larger potatoes, those were being dug, strong demand for chips. Um, The russets, the longer ones that are typically used for French fries and for baking and for grocery store sales, are a little bit longer season. And so the russets are still mostly not being dug. We'll let them size up and bulk up uh, well into September, and then we'll have some of those being dug as late as the middle of October. Again, they start to get worried about frost by the time you hit October 15th or so, but 
the vast majority of Wisconsin's potato crop will be dug in September and the first two weeks of October. And when we talk about the potato shortage, I want to go back to that. And you mentioned that the price then increased significantly because there's such demand for potatoes. Can you give us an idea of just how much that increase was? Sure. I mean, the the price is generally described as per hundredweight. So per hundred pounds of potatoes sold, there's normally a price of anywhere from $12 to $20 uh, on the marketplace. And this year, we saw prices soaring, you know, by early July, we saw $40 per hundredweight prices. And even into August, we've seen $60 and $70 prices per hundredweight of potatoes, just because so many stores were out and restaurants were out. And so when there's that kind of strong demand and so few potatoes, the price just goes through the roof for those potatoes that are available. And so that's going to all calm down when the vast majority of the potatoes come out of the ground this fall. Um, that's when the, you know, the bulk of the North American potato crop comes online. And really, it's a global market. I mean, there are a lot of potatoes grown in Canada. Uh, Europe is a big producer. And Europe has had a tremendous drought. And so their crop is down. And so we'll be seeing more in terms of export. Uh, the states like Washington and Oregon and, and Maine, the ones on the coast in the U.S., ship a lot of potatoes overseas. And so there was incredible uh, demand in July and even into August. And I think we're going to see those prices start to calm down as we get into September, October, and more of the North American potato crop comes out of the ground. While more money is desirable, how have inflationary pressures, though, impacted growers? I mean, they're still having to deal with high fuel costs. Maybe uh, their parts or equipment have gone up. Maybe labor has gone up. So walk me through what those margins look like for 2022. Yes, that was a tremendous increase uh, for all of our farms. Um, The input costs rose an average of about 20% across the board. And all those areas you just mentioned were included in that. The biggest increases came in fertilizer. Um, nitrogen costs tripled, uh, potash doubled, and, and some of these inputs that the growers rely on to get the quality and the yields that they need were just way up in cost. And labor, I mean, not only is the cost up, it's really hard to find. The growers struggle finding good help, especially during the intense seasons of planting and harvest. And so all their input costs were up in the range of 20%. Um, and we're looking at that again uh, going into next year. The costs just have stayed high. And so the margins are very thin. The growers really needed these high prices to help them get through the season. And I don't mean just the incredible high prices in July and August, but the price for potatoes went up probably in that 20% range throughout the season. And it was absolutely necessary just for the growers to break even on their input costs. The 2023 forecast is that those input costs will continue to stay high, but do you think that the potato costs will follow? Well, and there are also a lot of contracts that will be signed with our our chipping companies and our frozen processor companies. And so they all recognize that these input cost increases are continuing. And so the price will have to take that little bit of a ratchet up in that 20% range again, just to keep pace. But I definitely think we will see that, you know, instead of a $10 per hundredweight, you might see $12 per hundredweight prices on some of the contracts and things like that. 
And so that we do expect to see continue well into 2023. Coming back to the present, looking at the field today, what are you forecasting for this year's harvest? Are, are we thinking average yields, above average yields? Yeah, it's a little bit too early to tell, but we did have a board of directors meeting just this week, and we got crop reports from all of our sectors. And the general comment is, yeah, we're a little bit behind just in terms of when we would normally start harvest, but the yields are looking average, good size on the tubers, very good quality. And so overall, the the crop looks good. And there you have it, Wisconsin potato growers stepping up to the plate to make sure the states and folks overseas have the potatoes they need. Tamis Houlihan along with us, the executive director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers Association from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hawk. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tracti LLC, a leader in steel buildings, is growing and now adding to their team. Tracti is now hiring builders and electricians. You work at the same place every day and you rarely have to fight the elements. Schedules are stable and pay is competitive. Enjoy a tool belt full of benefits including medical, dental, paid vacation, holiday, and more. Join Tracti now and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Apply in person or online at T-R-A-C-H-T-E-U-S-A.com. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things, well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Not only is William Thomas Custom Jewelry known for creating unique pieces, they're unique in their approach. They actually encourage you to shop around at other jewelry stores first. You'll quickly realize that William Thomas is no doubt your forever jewelry resource. Experience William Thomas Custom Jewelry. They'll help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear from day one. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. When you're planning your remodeling project, you'll want to know where every penny is spent. Not just one big fat bid out of nowhere. AF Construction explains your plan one item at a time. Their line item estimates spell out everything, showing you exactly what you're getting. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, we're talking dairy markets this morning with Matt Trattle. He's one of the broker analysts that will be joining us later this morning from EverAg down in Platteville. Right now, though, time to find out what's happening as far as our weather scene is concerned. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. Man, yesterday was just beautiful. I mean, that's like two days in a row where... You just wish you could bottle it up and bring it back around come January. You need a bigger bottle. I know. Yes. Yes. Well, if that's if that's my forecast that I'm going to have more of this beautiful weather to try to contain, I'm good with that. 
Yeah, that's it. It's exactly it. We're going to have some more very, very nice weather above normal temperatures today and tomorrow as well. And there is going to be some chance of rain. Don't let that ruin it. I mean, this is great. High pressures off to our southeast. There's lots of sunshine. Very, very pleasant conditions. Some of the warmer weather we've had here in a while is just really great, helping push those crops along. That's a good thing. And we've had a little rain, of course, last weekend, so that's given us a little boost. The next little chance does arrive. Low pressure is going to build in from the northwest. It's not even flexing a muscle yet at this point, but it will begin to edge in. I'll even mention a really slight chance of rain just before daybreak or into the early morning hours of Friday. So late tonight, early tomorrow, there may be a sprinkly shower here or there. Don't count on that for much. An organized front builds in a little later Friday, Friday night, maybe early Saturday, a little rain. Could be up to a couple of tenths of an inch of possibility. We cool it off. In my world, it gets a whole lot more comfortable when we start looking at Saturday and Sunday and warming up again toward Labor Day and next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Soil health. It's the top priority at Midwestern BioAg. It's the first thing they consider with every product at every step. It's designed to build healthy, biodiverse soils to support healthy soil, resilient crops, and higher yields. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. Rural Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFinn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. All right, buddy, let's have that better product as far as weather's concerned. Well, it's still summer, sunny skies today, and I expect it will be looking at mid or even upper 80s, 86, maybe an 88 at La Crosse, with the southwest winds about 5 to 10. Now overnight, partly cloudy, that slight chance of a shower as we head toward daybreak. Overnight lows, mid and upper 60s, south winds at 5 to 10. A very slight chance of a morning shower, that's after the sun comes up. Otherwise, a mostly sunny day, still quite mild, mid and upper 80s with the southwest winds at 5 to 15. Later Friday night into Saturday, scattered showers, maybe an isolated thunderstorm, but mostly sunny Saturday, more likely just in the upper 70s as winds become northeast at 5 to 15. Then you get my days here, Pam, Sunday, mid-70s at the warmest with sunshine. That one sounds remarkable. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself, Kids are back in school, or at least a lot of kids are back in school. You get temperatures close to 90. <laughs> that can be hot in the classroom. I remember, you know, like uh, windows open and still not much of a breeze. Yeah, no breeze. It just was hot and sticky and miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get back toward the 70s next week. That sounds a lot better. Boy, sure does. All right, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks. 
You bet. Take care. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details that you're looking for on this Thursday morning. And don't forget, uh, details is exactly what we're going to be bringing to you with Matt Channel, broker analyst from Everag. He's our special guest this morning. And also coming up, uh, we have Charity Seebecker in the studio with us. Have, have you noticed not much in the way of mosquitoes, right? Or is it just me? We're going to try to get the truth about what's going on with our insect population out there. Charity Seebecker had a chance to visit with our state entomologist about that and what we have to plan for, maybe even late into the fall. All those details are coming your way. Stick around. Again, we are talking to Matt Channel a little bit later this morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. The busy harvest season creates tremendous stress for farmers, workers, and families. This is John Shutsky, Farm Safety Specialist with the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Because of the heavy dependence on changing conditions, farming is recognized as one of the most stressful occupations in America. It's also one of the most dangerous. During the harvest rush, take time for yourself. You'll be better prepared to handle the crunch time stress if you fuel your body. Eat breakfast and strive for balance when you take those important breaks for lunch and dinner. While it's easy to feel rushed, get plenty of quality sleep. Take time for your family and your friends because one of the best ways to deal with the stress of farming is to talk openly with those who are closest to you. It's also smart to take a little bit of time every week, like on a Sunday afternoon, to think about and plan your week ahead. Write down the critical tasks and goals that you have and plan for the upcoming weather, family activities, and taking care of yourself. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. 
Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Experienced electricians, come join our family-owned team. Here's Ariel. At EverReady, we are his sponsor for the apprenticeship program. I like the small company feel, that family feel. If you have a problem, you can directly go to the owners firsthand. It speaks a lot about their values and how they value their employees. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are EverReady. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Packers have cut down the roster to 53 men. Well, we were talking about surprises on it. I don't, you know, there's all, all the 11 draft picks made it. That's kind of a surprise. The other surprise, they're only keeping two running backs. That's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. As Tyler Goodson and Patrick Taylor were sent packing. And then the team ended up keeping seven wide receivers with Samari Toure beating out Jawan Winfrey for that final spot. Is there anything else that was really surprised you? I mean, not... I don't know anything else stood out, stood out for me. I just the question is now is like Lafleur who wants to run the ball half the time. What are you going to do with you know two running backs? And I guess you look at Amari Rogers, who is a wide receiver. He could yeah, be running ex- back three. That experiment went really well for the Packers in the past. Like, what, uh, uh, um, what a time Montgomery. Montgomery. No, but uh, yeah. Also, remember Randall Cobb has some experience. Obviously, at Kentucky, he did. What he played receiver, running a back, ago. a little bit of quarterback, you know, kick and punt return. Yeah, but we've even seen him in his later years with the Packers take a carrier too. Now I don't think that's going to be their exclusive plan. But yes, him and Amari Rogers, if in, if in a bind, could you see them being the third down back where they run out and and you know catch the ball? Yeah, but I don't think you're going to see that at all. It's the top two. Kylan Hill starts on the pup list. He should be back, you would think, week four. But I, I do think that they're hoping that either Goodson and or Patrick clear waivers so that they can easily grab one, if not both, and throw them on the practice squad. Remember, since COVID in 2020, the practice squad went from like six, seven players up to 16. Yeah. So you get you get a quite a bit more spots to stash players. But yeah, other than that, 
I really wasn't surprised with Jawan Winfrey being cut over Samari Toure. Um, I just was because Rodgers gave him like a little wink, wink and a nod and some compliments. That's the only reason you why. knew that they were going to keep a lot of guys on the offensive line because they had a lot of guys that were inexperienced and that showed that they had some talent. And overall, they're pretty young. I mean, you, you take away Bakhtiari of the world. All those guys are on their first contracts. Yeah. I saw this little wrinkle about Amari Rogers too, about being possibly RB three. Because we've had, you know, Grant Bills of Lisco Sports Show was talking about that. We had our guy Sports Pat texting earlier today talking about that. Amari Rogers bulked up a little bit last year to play running back if teams wanted him. Uh, they say it robbed him some of his explosiveness to actually earn snaps anywhere other than you know kick return punt return. So what did he do this year, Rowdy? Remember when we were talking off season how Amari Rogers lost all this weight to get his juice back? And they're talking about how he's been he's cut, best shape he's ever been in his entire life. And now they the scuttlebutt might be to have him play running back again. <laughs> like, like, here's the thing though, you can gain weight faster than you can lose the weight. So all you gotta do is get on that Eddie Lacey diet. I guess if you're Mario Rogers. Not not the full diet, just but, a I mean, little yeah, taste I mean, of it. Overall, you're not the surprise one at I guess just going through. You're not surprised about quarterback. No. Running back, you understand what they're trying to do. Tight end, okay. You had your top three tight ends and then a bunch of crap. Mm. Well, really, the tight end position is crap in general when Mercedes Lewis is your best tight end and he's nearing 40. Mm-hmm. But we knew that Tunyon is is coming off. And, yes, I said Mercedes Lewis is your best because Tunyon's coming off of an injury. Yep, yep. But you know he's coming off of an injury. Mercedes Lewis is what he is. DeGuara's outside of the first few games of his rookie season before he tore his knee up, it's been disappointing. Tyler Davis, for all of the ceiling talk and athletic ability and everything, after DeGuara, it was a lot of, well, do you like this guy? Uh, not really. Well, this guy's kind of athletic, but he fumbles. Uh, yeah, tight end was kind of is what it is. We talked about the receiver's the offensive line, we just mentioned it again. Yeah. A lot of young, in, ex, inexperienced talent. Not a lot of guys on their second contract. It's only Bakhtiari. A lot of young dudes. Defensive line, you look at it, there was a lot of guys that were worthy of making the roster at defensive line. They might have had like eight or nine guys on the defensive line that were worthy of making an NFL team. Unfortunately, he can't keep that many. Yeah, I, I would say maybe I'm surprised that Jonathan Ford made it over like a Jack Heflin or a Chris Slayton, two guys that seemed like they out. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. A beautiful day on the way. Sunshine, but a little on the warm side. We'll see temperatures that glide into the upper 80s. So glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Don't forget, we are going to be catching up with our friend Matt Trannell from EverAg in just a little bit, talking about all things relative to our dairy markets. So today, welcome to September, the first day of September. Let's see what I can find for you as far as interesting notes on this day. Back in 1985, that is when we discovered the wreck of the sunken ship Titanic. It was located in north in the North Atlantic Ocean. A French-American expedition found the wreck. It sank on April 14, 1912, on its maiden voyage headed towards New York City. They finally discovered the wreck on this day back in 1985, and now 
look at how many iterations of uh, that story we've uh, not only watched but had a chance to experience. And if you're going along with me on our farm tour to Scotland and Northern Ireland, we're actually going to go to Belfast where the Titanic was actually built. So looking forward to that. Happy birthday to Cuban-American singer-songwriter Gloria Estefan and Dr. Phil, Phil McGraw, 72 years young as of today. And now you know. Well, we want you to know, if you've been outdoors and enjoying yourself without the hassle of trying to kill mosquitoes, bug spray, etc., consider yourself fortunate. It's not a normal year as far as the insect population in Wisconsin is concerned. Charity Seebecker in studio with me this morning. You had a chance to talk about that yesterday with our friend uh, P.J. Leash, university entomologist. He confirmed what we'd been talking about for a few days. Mosquitoes are a little on the thin side this year, right? That's right, Pam. So if, for Labor Day weekend, you don't necessarily have to pack that mosquito spray and be all worried about them pesky mosquitoes. He said it's due to the dry weather conditions that we've had this year and last year, actually, that played a role. And if we continue to have some rain, though, coming into this year, then next year we're going to be back into our normal dealing with wearing that mosquito spray. <laughs> right. And, you know, those are insects we're familiar with. You also had a really interesting conversation with him about a new insect that really could pose a threat to a lot of our specialty crops. Yes, there's a new invasive insect that has been working its way throughout the United States, and it's just a matter of time before it gets here into Wisconsin. It's the spotted spotted lanternfly, and it was first found in Pennsylvania in 2014. It isn't quite here yet in Wisconsin, but it still poses a big threat to our grapes and trees and is a really big thing to be aware of. And so... PJ talks more about what they look like and the impact that it will have on our agriculture. The spotted lanternfly is an invasive species of insect. Uh, it's from a type of uh, insect group that we call the plant hoppers. Uh, so they're related to things like leaf hoppers and cicadas and the like. Uh, but uh, this is a pretty unique family that we really don't have around here uh, in Wisconsin. And the reason that this uh, spotted lanternfly is invasive is it's not native to Wisconsin or North America for that matter. It's originally native to parts of East Asia. Uh, however, it was detected in the U.S. Uh, for the first time in 2014 in eastern Pennsylvania, uh, and it has been slowly but surely spreading its way around since that time. How can you be aware of them if they're here or not? Like, What are the factors to be kind of looking for? Well, one nice thing about the spotted lanternfly is that it has a very, very distinctive appearance. So that is, is something that is really going to catch our eye, hopefully, if folks spot it. And I do want to state that uh, we have not had any detections of live specimens here in Wisconsin. So it's something that uh, may be showing up with time, um, but uh, for the most part, it's an issue mostly in the eastern U.S., but we've been seeing a couple uh, cases pop up in more Midwestern areas. But in terms of the appearance of this insect, uh, the adults are quite large. They're about an inch long. Uh, and uh, when they're just standing still, uh, their wings are kind of folded back over their body. Uh, and those are grayish. But they have a pretty distinctive uh, polka dot pattern 
on the wings. There's these black polka dots. There's also some tiny little dash um, dashed lines, and so it makes me think of a, a Morse code pattern, if you will. You got these dots and dashes. Now, what's interesting though is if the insect actually uh, folds its wings up, like it's going to try and fly or move around. Um, the hind wings uh, have a very vibrant, very unique, uh, brilliant neon pink color to them, and we really don't have anything else uh, that looks quite like this. So that is very distinctive. And then uh, on the abdomen of the insect, there's actually some yellowish color. So those are the adults, and if they were to be found this time of the year, that's what we would be seeing as the adult stage. So you mentioned it's not here in Wisconsin yet, but why is it important to still be aware? Well, this is an insect that poses some risks for us here in Wisconsin in terms of uh, agricultural impact, but also impact to yard and landscape trees. If you look at the research that's been done on spotted lanternfly, it's known to feed on 70 to maybe even 100 or more different types of plants. And there are some agricultural plants in that list that are known to be fed on by spotted lanternfly. That would include things uh, such as fruit trees are on that list. A really important plant that's on the list, though, is grapes. It turns out that spotted lanternfly is really fond of grape plants to complete their life cycle on and simply feed and cause damage on. So that's a concern that I have in my mind would be for our, our grape and vineyard industry here in Wisconsin. This is something that they're really going to want to keep a close eye out for. But then in addition to those grapes and, and fruit trees, spotted lanternfly can feed on a pretty wide range of yard and landscape trees. And when they feed, they use mouth parts that would remind you kind of of like a mosquito's mouth parts. They're these narrow tubular structures. They use that to suck fluids out. So they're not chewing holes in the plant leaves or anything like that, but they're sucking fluid out. And actually when they do this, they feed on the staff. They can't digest all the sugars. So they actually excrete excess sugars. We call that honeydew is the term for that phenomenon. And this honeydew can drip down and really be pretty messy. So you have all these insects feeding you have this dripping sugar water. You can get mold that grows on that. And I've seen pictures from in the eastern part of the country where you can get trees where there are quite literally uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of these inch-long large insects feeding, causing quite a mess. So there's a lot of different concerns associated with these particular insects. What measures can be taken to reduce the risk of carrying the spotted lanternfly into Wisconsin? How do they travel? It turns out that spotted lanternfly is a really good hitchhiker. The various life stages could sometimes you know, hop into a package of commodities like a pallet packed with goods. We have actually had a few cases here in the state where dead specimens had been found in Wisconsin. They were dead on arrival, and those commodities originated elsewhere. A bigger concern in my mind, though, are the eggs. So this insect, thus far, from what we've been seeing, has one generation per year, and they overwinter as eggs. And so if the adults lay eggs on items that are not a tree or shrub or something along those lines, if they lay eggs on a truck that then drives from parts of the mid-Atlantic states to Wisconsin, that could be an easy potential route of introduction. That was PJ Leash, the director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab. If you suspect that you have found a spotted lanternfly, be sure to take photos, note the location, and report it to DATCAP. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual. 
The Young Farmer and Agriculturist Program is for our younger Farm Bureau members up to 35 years of age, and that is where a lot of our contests take place, which was something that I had the opportunity to do through the discussion meet, as well as achievement. It's a program you should really look into. WFBF.com. It opened up opportunities for me. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Even though a bid that you get looks great or a program looks great, make sure that you go and get a comparative bid. The easiest way to compare bids is a price per watt. It's what the whole solar industry works off of. A simple phone call to Olson Solar Energy, you can find out quickly whether or not you can save serious amounts of money. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. Well, if you haven't done it already, it might be a good time to check out what's happening with your local apple orchard. Wisconsin apple growers, of course, faced some weather challenges earlier this year with the cool, wet spring. They're not alone. Washington State, which is the leader as far as apple production is concerned, also noticing a yield drop this year because of the cool, wet spring. That's according to John Devaney. He is the president of the Washington State Tree Fruit Association. No, it's not the end of the world. It's not great news, obviously. The growers were hoping for a little bit larger crop, but the cold spring weather during pollination did have an effect on the amount of fruit on the trees. That reduced the amount of thinning that was necessary this year. If you just had fewer flowers getting pollinated, you just left them there. And we ended up with a crop that was a little stronger than our friends growing cherries had, uh, but was still down about 11.1% projected from last year. That's John DeVraney. He is president of the Washington State Tree Fruit Association. So again, their production down compared to last year, but they're still harvesting around 108.7 million boxes of fruit, keeping Washington State in the lead as far as apple production. But I don't want you to overlook our Wisconsin apple growers. Uh, we've got about 141 apple orchards around the state that are looking for you to be a part of their fall activities. You can find your Wisconsin Apple Growers website at waga.org. WisconsinAppleGrowers.org can get you connected with your local orchard. We'll connect with Matt Trannell from Everag in just a moment, but I'll tell you, markets are lower this morning in Chicago. Dow Jones Industrial Average down more than 150 points right now. December new crop corn's down 6 at 664. November new crop beans down 8 at 1414. December wheat down 7.5 at 824 bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, the barrel cheese remained unchanged at 185. 40-pound block cheese dropped 2.5 cents to 172.5. Double-A butter on Wednesday was up a half a cent, 3.05.5 per pound. Fluid milk for September's down 8, 1955 100 weight. The October milk currently 21 cents lower at 1968 100 weight. 
What's happening with our dairy complex and what do we need to pay attention to? Matt Treadle, one of the broker analysts with Everag, is going to join us with the details next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Life is short, and if we spend our time suffering with pain and it takes away our joy, that's not a very good way to live. He's right. It's hard to be happy when you're in constant pain. QC Kinetics patient Chad admits the chronic pain in his knee really robbed his quality of life. When I was going to the traditional doctor and getting the pain pills, my smile wasn't as big as it usually is. Going to my high school reunion on crutches, it was awful. But then Chad visited QC Kinetics. He experienced the real power behind natural regenerative treatments. Using healing properties from his own body, QC Kinetics was able to restore and repair damaged tissue, finally giving Chad lasting relief with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. And I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. Learn how advanced regenerative medicine can help your body heal itself at QC Kinetics. Call now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 608-319-1750. That's 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. Sometimes people think we're the bathroom remodeling place that just covers up your old stuff. It's how Rebath got its start 40 years ago. But just as technology has improved since dial phones, we've grown to become a total bathroom remodeling company. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. Your next job could be as close as seven miles south of Madison. Tructy LLC in Oregon is growing and are now hiring in all areas, including builders, electricians, and electrical engineers, to name a few. You'll work at the same place every day. Schedules are flexible, pay scale is attractive, and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Plus, a huge advantage of being closer to work and saving on gas. Apply in person or online at T-R-A-C-H-T-E-U-S-A.com. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Doing our best to keep you ahead of the markets as far as dairy is concerned. To help us accomplish that, this morning we're joined by Matt Trattle, one of the broker analysts from Platteville with Everegg. And Matt, let's uh, start right away. I mean, it is another crazy, nasty morning as far as markets are concerned. It does make me wonder if we're starting to see, I'll say, more severe reaction from consumers over worries about inflation and interest rates. Dairy is one of those things that can feel that particularly quick. Correct. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of times we're talking about the uh, the supply end of the, uh, the spectrum and uh, production falling off and feeling as if prices should rally, but we do have to remember that there is a second part to the equation, and that is indeed the uh, demand side of it. And there are a lot of different uh, factors that uh, play into that. Uh, so it's it, it's uh, one that has to uh, kind of got to take a few different looks at it. But uh, one piece that really came out recently, or actually a couple of them, uh, last Friday, Uh, The Fed did come out and and announce, uh, Jerome Powell did, that the bank is going to continue to look at raising interest rates uh, in order to uh, get this inflation under control. And I think ever since we saw that announcement last Friday, we have seen weakness on the board because generally that is 
uh, when we raise rates. Uh, I mean, the the food products are a natural hedge against inflation, so it's a direct uh, correlation uh, amongst the, uh, the 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 two of them. But some other pieces that are kind of taking place in the uh, uh, overall market: uh, higher interest rates obviously make it more expensive for home buyers uh, to look at houses. Uh, many articles being written recently discuss that the housing market, which has been hot for the last how many years, is starting to slow down. Uh, on top of that, we've been talking about energy for a while, but uh, if you look at Europe uh, right at the moment, we are looking at us, we're in a spot where fuel prices are still high, but they're also going into winter. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of worry going into winter, enough that uh, some of the European countries are actually starting to look at firing up the coal mines again to try to offset some of that energy cost. Uh, there was a chart uh, in our work chat that was posted the other day in regards to Germany and French electricity bills. And at present moment, those are 5x, 7x what they were last year. And so add both of those into an equation where they're paying more for groceries, it is going to stretch budgets uh, quite a bit more than, than what it was uh, recently. Uh, take that a step further, and uh, you look at some of the comments made by uh, some of the large companies here in the United States. One was uh, Walmart's chief financial officer, John uh, Rainey, uh, basically said that 75% of Walmart's new customers and market share came from customers with annual household incomes north of 100,000. That's, uh, that's basically consumers that are trading down from their grocery stores that they normally shop at and going to big box stores where they feel uh, prices are a little bit cheaper. Uh, Dollar General had a, same, had a similar uh, statement. They uh, had mentioned 9% of, uh, of their revenue and 6% of their profit uh, was essentially uh, higher income individuals, Dollar Tree, uh, basically said their recent surge in sales was by annual uh, incomes for households north of 80,000. So I think we have to really be cognizant of the fact that consumers are changing, and that's that's the same with with cheese. Uh, we've been told recently that uh, especially cheese uh, has really fell off a little bit in regards to demand. And a lot of those consumers are really starting to go to uh, some of your lower cost cheeses. Hmm. Hmm. You know, as usual with you, Matt, I'm running out of time and we can't nearly explore as much as I wanted to. But I appreciate the update. Matt Trannell again joining us live this morning from off his office in Platteville. Again, a part of the EverAg group. Ever.ag. This is the Midwest Farm 